Well, let's take your Bibles tonight, please, or Genesis chapter 6. I appreciate all the special music tonight. Great song choices. All three songs were just a blessing, and boy, we need the presence of God. And I like uh, the song that uh, the trio sang, Whenever a Song Kicks the Devil in the Shins, I like that. And then that song we just heard about God being so good, it's just so true. And uh, praise the Lord for all the good choices tonight. Thank you very much. Speaking of music, this morning, if you heard uh, the ensemble sing, the second song uh, that they sang, there was a bit of a bridge near the end of the song, and it went off in a bunch of electric guitars. I want to let you know that was a complete accident. That was not intended at all. Uh, The soundtrack that they used for that has several layers to it. It has keyboards and cellos and violins and all the different things, and you can click them on and off as you want, and somehow that button got clicked by accident. It wasn't meant to be there, and I'm sorry, I guess all the ensemble had a shocked look on their face, because that's not the track they practiced with, and Calvin said, I got to go back and watch it, because my face just went, and I just dropped my head. You know, nobody liked it. Brother Judge uh, nearly resigned over it. He felt so bad about it. So I want you to know that it was not on purpose. We didn't didn't like that. But uh, hey, we're flesh, right? Accidents happen and and God, God must have a good sense of humor to put up with us. But praise the Lord. So I just wanted to let you know that. But Genesis chapter six tonight, Genesis chapter 6, I I want to preach a message with the Lord's help. The Lord pricked my heart this week from a testimony that I heard, and I'll share the testimony with you from a friend of mine, but I want to preach a message with God's help entitled, When God Speaks. When God Speaks. And so let's look tonight at Genesis chapter 6, and you might think that's a strange place to start with that topic, but uh, I want you to see what the Lord says here tonight. And it came to pass when men began to multiply... On the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for he that is also for he that for that he also is flesh, at his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. We're going to look a little closer at verse 3. I just want you to mark that in your minds for a moment. I'll read it again. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. For that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, where the sons of men, or when the sons of God came into, unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. And the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for repenteth me that I have made them." But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the earth also was corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Let's pray together. Father... Help us, Lord, as we organize our thoughts around this theme tonight and the Word of God that is before us, that we would be attuned to the voice of God. 
This morning we read John chapter 10, where Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Lord, we truly know you are the good shepherd, and you've given to us abundant life, but how can we survive without the voice of God? As Sarah sang tonight, we must be in his presence. So Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts and move upon us tonight. Lord, it's burdened me this week to think that there are times we don't hear your voice. And so Lord, I pray that you would just awaken us, Lord, to hear. And Lord, we'll thank you in Jesus' name, amen. My son Brendan has a friend out west. His name is Dan. Dan is Sharon Merrick. And uh, we, didn't, we didn't know Dan and Sharon very well. Sharon, it was the civilian uh, RCMP. Um, she, she took care of the office and everything up in uh, Stony Rapids, Saskatchewan, way up north. And, and uh, Dan was a school teacher, and he would teach in the schools there, teaching the native children. And uh, that's what they did. They gave their lives to do that. Dan and Sharon also know the Lord. And uh, they became like grandparents to Brendan and just really took him in. And when he was going through some hard times, they were a real blessing to him. And as a matter of fact, last summer when Brendan got married, Dan stood up with him in his wedding. It was just a wonderful blessing. And uh, we've got to know Dan and Sharon, and uh, we've become very close with them and really appreciate them, their testimony. And uh, they, they sometimes watch us. Maybe they're watching tonight. I don't know. They sometimes watch us because they're way up where there is no church. There's no church at all there, not even one. And so sometimes they'll watch us online. And, but Dan has got in the habit about three times a week, he'll text me something. Usually it's a song he's heard and he'll watch it and listen to it. And it's, it's, his tastes are very old quartet music. He likes old, old, old quartet music. And, he'll, and I like four-part harmony. So he'll send me an old quartet song and, and he'll, he'll send me a verse or he'll do something like that. And this week he sent me a testimony and this has really pricked my heart, and I want to share it with you tonight. I, I copied it from the text he sent me, and I've, I wrote it out. And, and uh, Dan and Sharon, I just want you, just for context, they're, they're uh, in their 70s, about 75 years old, I guess, and the same, same age as Brendan's grandparents. And, and so just, just so you know that he's got some experience, he's been saved a long time. Listen to what he says. At a very young and tender age, I used to respond often to the call to the altar for salvation. I was never turned away or spurned. I believe I was trying to make sure I was forgiven and on my way to heaven. So until he actually got saved, he just kept coming and nobody turned him away. We should never turn a child away from the, from the Lord. I would just keep, they come a hundred times, you let them come a hundred times You keep teaching them until they understand. And he says, I was never spurned, I was never turned away. I believe I was trying to make sure I was forgiven and on my way to heaven. In later years, I felt compelled in my spirit to rededicate my life every so often as I was moved to draw closer to my heavenly father. I'm thankful that God continues to speak to me and keeps reaching his hands out and down to me. I had a Gideon's New Testament that as a young boy I cherished and when we lived in our little shack with no running water or other amenities... I would often seclude myself in my attic closet to read it. To this day, I continue to be drawn to God's word and his message. Isn't that a wonderful testimony? But what struck me was this. I'm thankful that God continues to speak to me and keeps reaching his hands out and down to me. Let me ask you this. 
When was the last time the Lord spoke to you? Just, just think about it. When was the last time the Lord spoke to you? Several years ago, I was traveling and I was preaching somewhere and somebody that I had grown up with was in a near, nearby town and so they came over to the church and heard me preach and then we went out for some lunch and he said this to me, he says, I, I go to church, but I've just not moved. I just feel like I, I go because I've always gone. I grew up in church and it's tradition. But I want the Lord to speak to me. I want the Lord to move. I want the Lord to do something. Well, it's years later and that, that young man, well, I guess he's not young, he's 50 now or so, I suppose, and He's doing very well. God gave him a good wife and some children, and the Lord is blessing him. He's faithful to church. I got an email a while ago that he watched one of our services, was encouraged, and just a blessing to my heart to hear how well he's doing. But then he was just like, I want the Lord to speak. Here's what I learned from Genesis chapter 6. Number one, I believe the Lord is always speaking. And if the Lord stops speaking, something terrible has happened. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 1, if you'll look there again with me tonight. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, listen, my spirit shall not always strive with man. Understand the conditions of the days that we find Noah in. The Bible says they had a problem with marriage. The Bible says in verse 2, the sons of God saw the daughters of men. They were fair and they took them all which they chose. And, and we may not understand everything that is going on. There was giants in the land and all kinds of wickedness around. But it, it seems that God is commenting here about a problem with their marriage. Boy, we have a mess with that today, don't we? And it seems like they have a problem with their minds. If you read down, the, the Bible says in verse 5, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously. They were in a bad spot. Verse 11 and 12 says this, And the, the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. But notice this, in the time that, that, that marriage is all messed up, and, and God says your minds are all messed up, your thoughts are evil continually, and the corruption is all across the face of the earth, and the earth is filled with wickedness. Here's what I read here in verse 3, God is still speaking. Notice what he says. My spirit shall not always strive with man. But keep reading. For that he is also flesh. He's carnal. That's what that means. 
He's going after his own flesh. He's chasing after the desires of his heart, the things of this world. He is turning away from me. And so I will not always strive with man. I won't always speak to man. I won't always continuously wrestle with the conscience of man. That's what it's saying there. Notice what he says. Yet his days shall be 120 years. Now, some people have said, well, you know, God... Adam lived to be 930, and Methuselah 939, and then we saw lives shortened, and finally they were shortened 120 years. That's not what this means. What this meant was that judgment of God was coming in 120 years. That in 120 years from now, God was going to judge the earth. And God raised up Noah, the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, to be a preacher of righteousness. And for a hundred years, he would preach righteousness and that the judgment of God was coming to these people. And for a hundred years, the Bible says in Luke chapter 17, that they ate and they drank and they were merry and they went on as if nothing was happening. They were giving in marriage. Life was normal. They continued in their sin and they would not listen to God. But for those 120 years... God continued to strive with man and strive with man and strive with man until judgment cut them off. He said, then what is the problem? The problem is the people wouldn't listen. Understand this, God has no problems. God has no problems. Sometimes it's, it's, it's funny in our house, I don't know why it is, but we'll yell up the stairs to a kid and that message gets all jarbled, right? There's a door closed to a bedroom and, can you bring the dishes down from your room? We're doing the blah, 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 blah. What? I, I don't play that game. I'll say, come here. And when they come here, I'll say, go get your dishes. That's, that's just how I do it. But then they'll yell back an answer, and we can't understand the answer. And it goes back and forth, and we're jarbled in our communication. Listen, when God says something, he has no problem communicating it. There's no problem whatsoever. The problem is, and we're going to see this tonight, we are dull of hearing. I asked you a few moments ago, when was the last time God spoke to you? Can I say this? I believe God is always speaking. We're just dull of hearing. Here's what I know. When I'm hurting, I need God to speak comfort. When there's chaos, I need him to bring peace. When I'm perplexed, I need him to show me my next step. When I don't know what to do, I, I need his wisdom. And I think sometimes we are like Elijah of old and we stand on a mountain and we say, God, where's the earthquake? Where's the fire? Where's the wind that breaks the rocks in two? And God is always speaking with his still small voice. Here's what I know. I have his word. And, I, and I, I'm going to agree. There's times I read it and I read it, and there's times where I'm thinking, okay, Lord, it's Monday. And I've got to preach again this coming Sunday. 
And I can read and I can get to Tuesday and I can read and I can get to Wednesday and I can read and read and read and I think, oh boy, I'm in trouble. But let me be clear about this. It's not God that has the communication problem. It's because I'm dull of hearing. Sometimes it's just simply a lot of things going on. I said to my wife this week, I said, I, I've had a hard time preparing for Sunday. Our daughter, Emily, went into premature labor. And she was in the hospital for three weeks, or three days this week. And it turned out okay, and she was able to go home. They got the contractions stopped. And, you know, I mean, the baby had dropped, and everything was looking like a nurse said, I think this will come in a couple days. And, and uh, we, we were thinking, Okay. Are we headed to Ohio? Are we going to go see our grandbaby? You know, but it's it's it was almost six weeks early, and uh, they said, "Well, everything looks okay. The baby is six pounds. Six pounds must be a fury." And just you know, the baby is doing well. They were able to give us some steroids to help with the lung development at the end, and all these things. And and thankfully, she was able to go home. She went to church today, and she says she's feeling good. The contractions have stopped, and. Everything is kind of slowed down, and we're hoping for another couple weeks, praying for another couple weeks. But I tell you, when that stuff's going on, sometimes we let the cares of this world choke out the seed. Didn't Jesus say the seed is the word of God? Sometimes it's hard to hear when we need them the most. When we're concerned, when we're worried, when we're wondering what's to do next. I said, my wife, I've, I've been so distracted. It's, it's been hard for me to, to, to just focus in and, and, and work on this message. And then this testimony came back to my mind. I'm sure glad the Lord still speaks. And then I realized I'm just not listening. I'm just not hearing the Holy Spirit brings both comfort and conviction. He brings peace and he gives direction. He, he moves us at times and he causes us sometimes to be still and know that he is God. But that's all God speaking to us. Let me ask you again. When was the last time you heard God speak? I'm going to be very clear. I'm, I'm not a charismatic I don't believe in audible voices from heaven. Let me say, if God wanted to do that, he can do that. But I, but I believe that God doesn't press upon our hearts. And it always lines up with the word of God. I'm encouraged when I read the Bible and something jumps off the page and grips my heart. But here's what I also learned from Genesis chapter 6. When God stops speaking... Something terrible has happened. We read this morning, in the days of Samuel, there was no open vision. There was a time there where God did not speak. We know that at the conclusion of the book of Malachi, for about 400 years, there was no open prophecy until the Lord Jesus Christ came and John the Baptist began to proclaim what was about to happen. I don't know if God spoke to people individually still in those days, if he read, uh, as they read the scriptures, if the Holy Spirit of God illuminated and, and spoke to their hearts. I, I'm sure that those things happened. But there was no open vision. 
But this I know, I've been in a lot of places over the years where I've seen a preacher get up and pour his heart out and hardly a thing moves. Not a thing happens. And sometimes we can blame the preacher. We can say, honestly, in all honesty, I'll say, I'll, I'll be the first to admit there's times where I'm not ready. Sometimes you have those weeks. You just don't have the time to prepare like you would hope. And you don't have the time to really to, to soak up that passage and understand what God is trying to say. And, and maybe you're not spiritually prepared. You, you've been distracted by something else and there's been a problem happen. I, I understand that. But a lot of times I got to understand when I'm sitting in a church service and I see people begin to filter their way to an altar or I begin people see people weep or uh, they're moved by a song and I have to look around and say, why not me, Lord? And I have to say it's because I'm dull of hearing. Even in the midst of the wickedness we read about in Genesis chapter 6, God says, I'm still speaking. And I will continue to speak until 120 years are up. And then their time is over. I will pour out judgment. The word strive there means to continuously wrestle. God was calling unto these people to repent, to turn from their wickedness and to obey God. And how many got on the ark? Eight souls. Noah, his wife, Shem, Ham, Japheth, and their wives. That's all. The problem was not that God did not speak during those 120 years, is that people did not listen. Turn, if you will, to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. The Lord Jesus Christ is speaking in a parable here again. And the Bible says in verse 10, here, here's what's interesting. Let me back up. Let me just read verse 1. Because I think there's a couple interesting phrases that might help you understand what Jesus is saying. You, you might have read these things a hundred times, but now that we put it in this context, boy, it makes so much more sense. Verse one, the same day went Jesus out to the house and uh, went out of the house and sat by the seaside and great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables saying, behold, his sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered away, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell onto good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Now look at verse 9. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. God was speaking. Jesus himself, God in the flesh, was giving us the parable of the sower. And so I don't understand it. You need to listen. Read it again. Plead with God to understand it. The disciples came to Jesus in verse 10, and they said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, 
Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Now, I read verse 11 and 12, and, and for years I'm thinking, I don't understand that. This is the Lord Jesus Christ, but it almost seems callous. It almost seems like, well, for some, they, they, I, I want some to understand, but there's others I just don't care if they understand or not. But when I begin to read it in the context of Genesis chapter 6, that the Lord continuously speaks, I want you to, I want you to think about these next verses in a new light. Look what he says next, verse 13. Therefore speak I to them in parables. Listen, because they seeing see not. And hearing they hear not. Neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah which saith, By hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand. And seeing, ye shall see and not perceived. Why? How is it that, that two people can look at the very same thing and one person falls at the feet of Jesus and repents of his sin and trusts Christ to be his Savior and another sitting in that very same place can look at the Lord Jesus Christ and deny him and walk away unchanged and unsaved? How is that possible? He says, because some will see, they have the ability to see, but they will not see. And some are hearing, but they will not hear. Just as Isaiah prophesied, and here's why. Look what it says in verse 15. For this people's heart, those who do not see, those who do not hear, is waxed gross. Now, when I was a kid, the word gross I didn't even know that I was speaking in King James. But how many of you, when you were a kid, saw something and went, oh, man, that is gross. That is gross. That's exactly what this word means. Disgusting and vile. The reason they aren't hearing and the reason they're not seeing is because their heart is already vile. They've already started down the road of Romans chapter 1. Notice what it says next. And their eyes, they have what? Closed. It doesn't say God closed their eyes. It says they have closed their eyes. That is a willful act. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. And should understand with their heart. And should be converted. And I should heal them. The Apostle Paul is quoting this same passage in Acts chapter 28. And he says this. They are dull of hearing. It is a willful act. They choose not to hear. Now here's what is going on. 
The reason one man can look at the cross of Calvary and accept Christ as his Savior, because in the light of what Jesus Christ has done, taken upon himself their sins and shed his blood to cleanse them of all unrighteousness, they see that as an act of mercy and an act of grace, and they trust him as their Savior, and another man may turn away. But the Bible says they have willfully closed their eyes, and they are dull of hearing in verse 15, for this people's heart is waxed gross, and their eyes, our, our ears are full of, are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. They have willfully taken part in this act. Why? It tells you right there in the verse. Read on. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted. Now I have looked at that passage the wrong way for a long time, I believe. I've often looked at that passage and thought, well, you know, God is talking in parables so that some people won't understand and they'll never have a chance to be converted. That's not what it's saying at all. He's saying there are some people out there that are dull of hearing and there's some people out there that have willfully closed their eyes. They don't want to see because if they see and if they hear, then their hearts might understand. And if their hearts understand... They might be converted. And that's the last thing they want. You say, why wouldn't anybody want salvation? Do you know why we ask that question? Because we're saved. (laughs) And we know what eternal life means. And we know what the old man once was and what the new man can be. And though we're not perfect and though we still struggle and though we still sin, we, we see the change and we see the sanctification coming along. And, and you say, well, I'm not perfect, but I'm not what I was 10 years ago. And God willing, 10 years from now, I, I won't be what I am today. And I'm going to grow in grace and I'm going to be more like Jesus. And I'm going to put off the old and take on the new. And, and we know the change, but for the unsaved person, how many times have we heard, I don't want to hear that. Because they know if it's true, they'd have to give up a whole lot. They don't want to give up the booze. They don't want to give up the immorality. They don't want to change their wicked ways. And so the Bible says it like this, they close their eyes. But even Jesus says at the end of the parable, if you have ears to hear, Listen. Listen. So my contention tonight or my question for you is when was the last time you heard the Lord speak? And if you haven't, it's not his fault. He's speaking every time you open the word. He's speaking every time it's preached. He's speaking in your Sunday school class. There's times where you're out and about and the Lord's just impressing something upon your heart. And how many times have we made our ears dull of hearing and closed our eyes and hardened our hearts? And now we sit here tonight in the 90th year of Bethel Baptist Church having heard every sermon we ever thought was possible to preach, having read our Bibles through a hundred times, and saying, I never hear the Lord speak anymore. 
It's not his fault. We are dull of hearing. Our eyes are closed and we're not listening. It is a willful act, but it is carried out with a spirit of denial. To many, the idea of listening to a gospel presentation is is just offensive. Because the gospel demands change. Unless they be converted, they'll close their eyes and shut their ears. Well, friend, how about you? Have we as the children of God done the same? You all know I'm a sports fan. And just the other day, the Toronto Blue Jays let go of their manager. Some of you know that, saw that. Charlie Montoya was let go. He'd been there since four years ago, 2019. This is his fourth season. In 2019, they hired him to take all these young rookies and try to bring them together, and they lost 95 games that year. Lost 95. That's a lot. of. They play 162. They only won 67. They lost 95. That's a lot of games to lose. The next year... Because of the pandemic and everything in 2020, it was shortened to just 60 games. And they won 32 and they lost 28, which is way better than losing more than you win. And they just snuck into the playoffs and they got eliminated pretty quick, but it was pretty good. Last year, they, went, they won 91 games. So just keep improving, you know, getting a little better, a little better. And this year, though, they were winning more than they lost. They just seemed to be treading water. They get ahead a few games and they fall back and they just seem to go back and forth. So they finally decided before it gets too far and before so we can still salvage the season, why don't we change the manager and they let him go? And here's what somebody anonymously said from the clubhouse. It was time for a new voice. And I thought about that in the context what we're talking about tonight. Sometimes we hear the same voice over and over again. And we start to think, oh, wow, we're just hearing the same old thing. We're hearing the same old thing. That's sometimes why we have guest preachers in. One, you get tired of the same preacher all the time, but you say, Honestly, I bring a preacher in because I want him to say the same things I'm saying. But sometimes we just need another voice. Sometimes we raise young people in our house and they get to be teenagers and they stop listening to that voice. Message hasn't changed, does it, mom and dad? No, here's what we require. We have a curfew. You're not allowed that much time on the internet. You're not going to sit on the couch all summer and play video games. Uh, the message doesn't change. And yet kids start rebelling and pushing back and say, well, I, I'm going to do what I want. Let me tell you this, adult, we're sometimes the exact same way with God. God hasn't changed in all of eternity. His message remains the same. And by the way, it's a pretty good message. Yes, if you fall out of sorts, he's going to chasten you because he loves you. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. 
But if you're a sinner tonight, he saved you. Shed his blood on a cross to pay the price for your sins. He loves you. And we, we eat all that up. That's wonderful, preacher. I love to hear the story. A wonderful old story of salvation. But when God says, I need you to start living this way, that's when we close our eyes and close our ears. When he says, hey, you need to get that out of your home, we go, oh, don't meddle, preacher. God, don't meddle. I I don't want to hear it. Preacher preaches on alcohol. Oh, now you're meddling, preacher. We close our ears, we close our eyes. Listen, you know I've been on a kick about alcohol lately. I just get so angry about it. Let me say this. Whether you think it's okay to social drink or not, you cannot deny for a second by throwing every ounce of alcohol to your house it wouldn't help you. Doesn't matter where you stand on the issue. You go pour it all down the drain, you'll have a better day tomorrow. I guarantee it. It'll only help you. Not only will it help you, it'll help your testimony for God. I'm just saying. We're fine. As long as we hear everything, oh, what a wonderful Savior, what a wonderful God. Look what Jesus did for us. We sing songs like tonight. I I love that song, Overwhelming. God has been so good, it's overwhelming. What a great thought. We love that. But don't talk about my sin. I'll close my ears. I'll close my eyes. Lest I be converted. You say, oh, preacher, I got you fooled. I'm already converted. Are you? I believe Peter was saved when Jesus said unto him, you remember Jesus said, I got to go up to Jerusalem? And Peter said, not so, Lord. And Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savest not the things that be of God. And he said this, Peter, when you are converted, you'll do great and mighty things. What he was saying, he says, there's still some things we need to chip away in your life. There's still some things that need to change. And, I, and I, I, think, I think if we're honest with ourselves, we could all second that motion that each one of us has some things. We're still a work in progress. There's still some things to change. But I'm going to tell you tonight, it'll never happen as long as you keep your eyes closed and ears shut up tight. Let me ask you. I'm done. When was the last time you heard God speak? You say, oh, but God has been silent. No, he's not. No, he's not. Our ears are closed and our eyes are shut. And we're not listening. By the way, it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. I've read this passage a few times lately, so I'm not going to read it all tonight. But I want to show you just two verses. Romans chapter 1. Here's how it starts in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Listen to this. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They know what's right. They know what's right. They can read the Bible for themselves and they know what's right and wrong. But what do they do when God speaks? They close their eyes 
and they shut their ears. They hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God hath showed it unto them. I believe all the craziness you see in the world today, I think way down deep they know what is right and wrong. Because if they didn't, they wouldn't fight so hard against the Bible. They don't like the truth. The Bible says that men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. And they'd rather just shut their eyes and shut their ears. And here's what God says. My spirit won't always strive with them. I believe he'll keep speaking, but one day judgment's coming. I don't want to stand before God one day and God says, why weren't you listening? Why weren't you hearing me? Hey, by the way, this is not the Toronto Blue Jays. You can't ask for a new voice in the room. The voice we have is perfect. The voice we have is the word of God. It is powerful. You're not going to get a better voice. Listen, some of y'all are listening to a different voice. And it's leading you down a path of destruction. Because if you're not going to listen to God's voice, I promise you this, there's a thousand other voices out there to fill your head. But we need to listen to him. When was the last time you heard God speak? Father, we love you. We thank you and praise you. God, would you take this singular thought tonight and impress it upon our hearts that we might be sensitive to listen, just as Eli taught Samuel, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. He was teaching him to open his ears and his heart to the word of God. Lord, I pray that you'd help each one of us to be listening to you. You'll never guide us wrong, never point us in the wrong direction, never, never take us down a path and desert us. Lord, help us. Help us never to blame you for not speaking when we know that you are constantly striving with us, that the Spirit of God is within our hearts and convicting of us of sin, but also comforting us in our hurt and sorrow. You're bringing peace and giving instruction. You're lighting our path each and every day. But help us to listen. If in fact it is a still small voice, there's times where we need to be quiet and wait upon the Lord. So Lord, I pray that you would just help us to be challenged with this thought tonight. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand tonight. Our heads bowed. And I'm thankful for my friend Dan. I've not known him all that long, but he's been an encouragement and a blessing. And I'm glad he can say, I'm so glad the Lord still speaks to me. Can you say that tonight? Can you still sense the Lord pleading in your life, speaking to you? If we truly believe we're a New Testament church and that the superintendent of the church is God's Holy Spirit, and that he speaks through his word. It shouldn't be very long between services where you, where you hear God speak to your heart about something. And he moves upon you. 
I'm not talking about just some emotional response. I, I, some, some people have tears and some don't. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just wondering, when was the last time you heard God speak? Not an audible voice, but just that pricking in your heart that says, here's what I want you to do. Here's where I want you to go. Here's a blessing from the word of God. Could be any number of things. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. The things of earth will grow strangely dim. The light of his glory and grace. Why don't we sing a verse of that tonight and folks are praying and if you'd like to pray, the altar's open. Would you step out and come? Maybe you've never heard God speak. Maybe you don't know the Lord tonight. We can help you. If you need to be saved, would you step out and come? We'll help you tonight. We'd be glad to show you what the Bible says about eternal life.